0: Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He's with us Fridays at this time for the weekly update at JM in the AM. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good to be with you as always. So you don't spend Pesach Sheni in Florida. That's only Pesach itself in Florida.
1: Yeah, it's not the same Mitzvah on Pesach, as
0: it is on <laughs> Really? <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Are we going to have, please God, please God, are we going to have a safe Lagba Omer? Obviously, there are people who get very concerned, as you can imagine, this time of year. In terms of security? Well, no, in terms of Israel. You know, we know what happened a couple of years ago. Uh, you've always been, you know, very careful to describe how difficult it is sometimes to implement measures that will make sure that everyone's safe and sound when a crowd like that gathers, especially in Israel, and there's a lot of considerations. What do you think going into this year?
1: Well, there's certainly heightened security, which is what um, uh, I thought you were referring to because of the number of incidents that have occurred. It's really not it, I think they're more visible and they become more blatant. The numbers uh, obviously uh, remain high, but it's probably not much higher than in previous years. Uh, I think Israelis generally have a sense of of, um, of caution, but don't want to give in and will not give in to the terrorists. And therefore, I think that the events will go ahead. Uh, there will be there already have been extraordinary precautions taken. Uh, as you saw, the raids that took place, they've been successful in, in apprehending the people who carried out the attacks over the last couple of months, especially the murder of the Dees family uh, the, and some of the other high-profile uh, cases in the raids in the Nablus and other places, um, which are done at great risk but with great care and great preparation. If you look at it, you see how remarkable it is how they are um, carried out. And it's not something we should take for granted. When you read a headline that people are apprehended in, in, uh, in, sometimes in very isolated places, in hidden rooms, it means your intelligence is so extraordinary that they are able to, to get the information on the exact locations and then go in and get them. It's not the PA doing it. It's all done by Israeli soldiers operating within hostile, very sometimes very hostile uh, areas. So I think we should all say that, every, I mean, literally every time is a miracle that they come out and come back safely and sometimes... Unfortunately, they suffer casualties on their side, too.
0: Is it all about the technology, or is there still a large degree of uh, infiltration, military intelligence that's sending in people who are impersonating uh, the enemy um, and, and people in that community? Or is it really just a, you know, so much now is relying on technology?
1: Look, technology plays an important part. You have drones, you have uh, uh, all sorts of artificial intelligence uh, monitoring uh, and monitoring devices, and you have cameras that can detect when something um, different is taking place. But there's nothing that substitutes for human intelligence and for having boots on the ground and having the observation. And when people say, you know, just withdraw and you can leave uh, cameras and other things there, it's true we have met many more capabilities, but in the long run, there's nothing that substitutes from the presence on the ground, the ability to, to, to monitor things directly, to get information, to hear what's going on, and to, to trace people who are um, who are
0: wanted? And no question that security, as you pointed out, I didn't even think of that, uh, is priority one, especially with large events. But I was uh, I was thinking more about the crowd control issue because after what happened like Bomer in Israel a couple of years ago, uh, you were encouraging, rightfully so, as so many Jewish leaders were, uh, people to take a step back and really come up with a real plan to take care of crowd control. But you also pointed out that you know with so many people having so many different considerations and how difficult it is to get certain things by when it comes to you know government overseeing um, you know the, the one could be skeptical that a good system and a safe system is in place I was wondering if we've gotten to the point there in mayron uh, where people can proceed with uh, great confidence
1: I think that the that a lot of steps have been taken now, obviously, the government took it very seriously. There have been lapses, I think, in the inspection processes. And you had the other collapse of, uh, um, in, in, uh, in the school and other places right. that where investigators clearly did not catch or where people just did it without getting the approvals. But I can tell you that the police have worked almost nonstop, and so did other agencies about the situation their own. I think they will limit. And direct people so that you don't end up with a situation where you can have, where you can't have an easy evacuation. But I can tell you, I heard from a lot of people, including yesterday, that they're going. They're going this year. They're taking their children. They're um, looking forward to it. It's really remarkable that uh, about the number of people who are going for Locke Boehmer to Israel.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. Um, What did you think of the visit of the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives to Jerusalem? And and specifically, what did you think about him making a point to invite the Prime Minister to Washington, especially as the relationship between the Prime Minister and the President of the United States is a bit tenuous?
1: Well, I think he's a long-term friend. And I think his other statements, his speeches on various occasions were really well done, very thoughtful and and moving in his personal involvement. You could see in that he had with him a bipartisan delegation and it followed on a delegation uh, with Hakeem Jeffries, who's the Democratic leader, uh, minority leader in the House. The the. Um, the invitation, I think, was an expression saying that if you don't receive an invitation from the president, because remember, they already invited President Herzog to come and give a speech, which I think will take place in June, uh, maybe July, but right now I think they're aiming for June, uh, to speak to the boat houses of Congress uh, to celebrate Israel's 75th anniversary. Mm. And he said this, I think, number one, to put pressure on the White House, um, but also to make it clear that uh, there's an alternative and that uh, Netanyahu would be welcome. Uh, but uh, I think on a bipartisan basis, people in the Congress um, are, are urging a, a visit. And the White House made several statements, as you know, in response, uh, indicating that a visit will take place at the right time. They're just working out the timing on it.
0: I wonder if uh, they'll try to coordinate uh, the president's visits so he could attend the Celebrate Israel parade on June the 4th in New York. That would be nice.
1: I wouldn't count on that, I think June 4th is close, uh, but, but uh, and it's, a, it's a, too much of an exposure to have the Prime Minister there, but I know that many other ministers will be coming in and participating in, on in the parade, and I hope everybody else will as well.
0: You know, I know Israel's always a political football, and I get it, you know, this is, uh, it, it's always, <laughs> it's always utilized, as we see again now during the last couple of weeks, you know, utilized uh, as an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to win favor with one group or to win favor with another group, depending on whether you're loving Israel or condemning Israel, etc. But look, you know BB very well. Is it uncomfortable for him to be put in a position where obviously McCarthy's statement of an invitation to Washington is a dig at the President of the United States?
1: Look, I'm sure he welcomed it uh, because he does want to come and I think he wants to have the opportunity to tell the President directly about what's what's happening and the concerns about the shifts in the region, the moving plates, which we've discussed for many months here, uh, the Saudi-Iranian deal, the Iran's negotiation of presence in Syria this week, in Lebanon, uh, right, you see in Damascus, the acceptance of Syria back into the Arab fold, the, the many shifts that are taking place, all of which have very severe implications, as well as the continued progress by Iran on its nuclear program, which doesn't get much coverage and uh, interest today, but it, all the time they are moving ahead. And we see how they've refined some of the uh, the UAV technology, uh, unmanned vehicles, and the drones, and uh, And Hezbollah launched underwater drones uh, which can carry weapons, uh, especially dangerous for uh, shipping, but also for the rigs, uh, oil rigs in, in um, the Mediterranean that Israel has. So I think that he, he wants an opportunity to be able to to both be seen and be shown, you know, as a leader of Israel, and the fact that Herzog gets invited, I think, puts added pressure on him, and and, and that he wasn't, oh, so I think he he will. Uh, it, it is important for him politically. It's important for him substantively to have an opportunity to talk directly and to and to. Um, I think convey the concerns and their, their impressions about what's happening. The United States has taken some steps, especially the probuster um, bombs, bombers, bombs that are being placed on the Warthogs, the uh, A-10 airplane, which this Air Force was phasing out, and now they've refitted them to be able to carry 16 bombs each, you know, 250-pound bombs, and as you know, it's something Israel desperately wanted at once and and wanted but they the fact that you have the presence in the announcement that the united states is doing it's clearly targeted at iran <laughs> and, uh, and an important uh, uh, statement as well as the presence of the the uh, nuclear-fueled uh, the uss florida uh, i mean there are these symbolic gestures but in the meantime we have very substantive uh, advances by Iran in its nuclear program and in its acceptance back into the in in the region
0: yeah well we'll get to that in a second a lot to say about that I, a question though you you mentioned that uh, Israel had quite a, a an enormous success at rooting out um, uh, those terrorists especially the the ones who were responsible for the murder of members of the D family um, what is what is your reaction when you hear, Al Sharpton comment on the pay-for-slave policy that the PA has.
1: Well, it just shows uh, the level of ignorance that exists, that people, after all of the publicity and after the Taylor Force Act, after all the other things that have been done, that people still don't know that the PA has in place a policy. And by the way, I find it even amongst the Jewish community, don't know how many hundreds of millions of dollars the PA gives to the families uh, of the terrorists or the terrorists themselves get a pension. If their house is knocked down, they get money for a house. They But their families get the pensions if they are killed in, uh, in the act of terror or subsequently. And, uh, the, you know, they are glorified. They're still made martyrs and declared uh, heroes. And the people still don't know. And uh, the Europeans are finally taking some steps in this direction. Israel... Uh, this week withheld a larger payment from of the tax revenue that they uh, collect for the PA uh, and gave the money to families of terrorists, right. uh, victims of terror, um, sorry, and the... Um, uh, so so the the fact that that people don't know about it if they they're willing to listen and to learn about it, then it's progress. The problem is that they you know they don't they don't do the follow up which is learning about the real facts on on what's happening on the ground right. we, we can do all we want we try believe me, there's so much going on trying to to, to get the information out about this, and yet even members of Congress profess ignorance about some of these things, including pay to slay, which by now, I mean, most of them are at least aware of.
0: Now, not that I need you to analyze Al Sharpton, that's a pretty big waste of time, but you have demonstrated sure. some expertise regarding him in the past. Uh, I, I just think that someone like him usually just avoids, you know, anything having to do with Israel, and certainly anything that would be a positive uh, point for Israel. It was interesting to see that uh, uh, that he went ahead and discussed how appalled he was by the policy, and I don't know, thought maybe there's <laughs> He's
1: he's a master. He has proven himself a master PR and and uh, has become more diplomatic in his older age, uh, and, uh, and and has spoken of, you know, about anti-Semitism. Right. Um, you know, he there's a, there's a long history, and we believe that people can do tshuva, but they have to prove it. Yeah. And we want to see it at the really critical moments when they stand up, when we see black anti-Semitism uh, rising and, and increasing, and and Farrakhan's hatred permeating the community, the black community. That I want to hear them stand up to that, and then when the Farrakhan appears, that they don't stand next to him on a stage and won't appear with him is a more important statement to me. Of the uh, you know of new uh, a, a, a new atmosphere and new approaches, and you know w- there was no commitment made. All he did was respond to right. the information.
0: Understood. And now I'm glad I asked. When the United States sends that aircraft with the advanced uh, um, uh, bunker-busting bombs uh, to the Middle East, is the only way that Iran knows about that because the United States announces it, or they would have found that anyway?
1: No, ultimately, they would find out because it's a little hard to hide 250-pound <laughs> bombs in your back pocket. The you know the pilot just takes it with him with his lunch. But
0: it's interesting but, that the U.S. goes out of its way to publicize well, because it
1: because it's 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 symbolic at this time. It's it's a message. And you're right that the, normally, you know, when the new equipment and stuff is sent, usually you don't tell right. your enemy in advance. But this, the purpose is that this is meant to be prophylactic. It's meant to put Iran on notice that the United States will respond to any attacks. And, we, you know, despite the, the offensive now that they're engaged in to build ties, you know, with the Gulf states and, and in the region generally, and negotiate even with Turkey in Russia over over Syria, etc. That they remain a threat, the major threat in the region. That their nuclear program continues to advance. That they have uh, um, subverted every attempt at negotiations, even from people who approach them with great naivete uh, about you know getting another deal, a smaller deal, less for less deal. All of that has been uh, repudiated and, and rejected. And they haven't cast their lot with Russia and Ukraine and with China, and you know, and we shouldn't read too much into some of the deals they made because the Sunni-Shiite divide remains. So Saudi Arabia is not going to jump so quickly into uh, arrangements with uh, with Iran. They're sending messages often to the United States right. and perceptions that we've discussed yeah. about how the United States is seen. But that's why. The A10 is so important because it's a message by the United States. We have not abandoned the area. That we are, that CENTCOM certainly has been doing a, a good job, uh, and certainly in, in demonstrating the centrality of Israel to CENTCOM operations, even I would say leading CENTCOM operations. The joint exercises, which are remarkable and sometimes uh, really uh, overwhelming, and yet get no, virtually no coverage here because it's good news story about Israel and U.S. Israel relationship.
0: If the United States was a better ally, countries like Saudi Arabia would not have to publicly go ahead and uh, and talk about a good relationship with a country like Iran. They just wouldn't have to do it if the United States demonstrated that you know they always had the the back of Saudi Arabia, for instance.
1: Well, I don't want to put the whole, all of the onus on the United States. I do believe that there are mistakes and that we, we did not send a message. You know, two tankers were uh, captured by Iran in the last week um, and uh, carrying oil to the United States, uh, at least one. But the, uh, but the fact that we haven't responded forcefully, we've given warnings, we've uh, threatened them. But the fact that they are willing to, to interfere with the, uh, the transport of oil in the Straits of Hormuz, and where you know, 60% of our oil comes through those straits in that area the, through the Gulf every day. And uh, the fact that the Iranians are acting in such uh, bold and blatant uh, ways, they, they also captured um, uh, British uh, shipping and, and or, or Greek rather shipping, and they use it to trade. They trade for prisons. They trade for other concessions. Uh, and they're sending a message—a message to their own people, a message to region—you know—that we are able to act with the, with impunity. If there isn't a kind of really tough, strong response that says we're not going to put up with this. This is piracy in the twenty first century. And and symbolism has great significance in the Middle East. I mean, it's not—you know—maybe it less so here in some respects. But there, everything is symbolic, and people look at that's why the symbolism of the Bunker Busters bombs coming to the region, or the other ships, or the fact that we didn't take out our aircraft carrier, because when we do, that sends a message that we are withdrawing, we are uh, diminishing our commitment to the region. And when we, you know, oh by the way, are depleting the billion dollars of prepositioned equipment in Israel. And not replacing it because we're sending it to the Ukraine as we did, by the way, with Korea. This is not an anti-Israel move. It's a, it's a reflection of the fact that we have a shortage of ammunition, and the ability to supply uh, Ukraine with uh, with equipment and with um, ammunition is uh, is diminished. And we we're putting ourselves at risk because we won't have the necessary uh, material should. Should the United States face a challenge in Europe or elsewhere?
0: And that would not have been done. I mean, nobody could tell what the future would have held anyway. But but in this case, it's it's Ukraine that that caused this. There would no that repositioning would not have happened if not for the Ukraine Russia situation.
1: That's the the immediate need, but the the fact is that we obviously don't have the manufacturing capacity and we don't have enough stockpiles that, if God forbid we were at a war and, you know, had to draw down huge amounts of equipment very quickly, that uh, we would be in a position to do so. So I hope that there is a lot of thinking about how do we... Uh, increase our manufacturing capacity because it's it's only a couple factories I'm told, mm. and also you need certain uh, material which we don't have great supplies of for to to um, for, for the ammunition.
0: It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio, Around the world Web MalcolmSiegel dot com, and on the Malcolm Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents, Major American and Jewish Organizations. Um, is the United States As they have been accused At all responsible for the attempted Drone assassination of Vladimir Putin
1: It's very hard To think of a drone flying To the Kremlin Undetected Especially By foreign sources So either it was launched domest- you know, Locally or close by um, So I don't and I wouldn't put it past the k g b to to or to, to do it themselves to stage a pretext for some action they wanted to take and maybe it didn't work uh and I think that I do not believe that the United States would engage or sanction any kind of a move like that.
0: It's funny because uh, as so so many people, those are the two possibilities that we keep seeing in the media. Inside job by the Russians, possibility of the United States. Obviously, they're being accused by Russia. But what about the third option that there's plenty of (laughs) there's plenty of enemies of Putin in Russia itself that might want to go ahead and assassinate him?
1: In fact, there are, and there are more vocal voices in he prisons, those who are the most effective and who pose a potential threat. And we don't know how many people have been put in prison in Russia to close society, so we don't know. Uh, and, and I agree completely that it could be a domestic source. Uh, but I think... It would be a far stretch if, if, uh, if Zelensky would think that, that he could get away with uh, an attack again that would kill Putin. there is a lot of opposition to the war in Ukraine you don't remember You have a lot of families who have lost loved ones thousands yeah who meaning, have lost meaning, loved ones meaning in Russia in Russia yeah. who have lost and who resent and can't necessarily speak out. And and demonstrations and things Although you see some manifestations Against the government on Ukrainian policy You see some Political leaders who speak out Some of whom end up in trouble because of it But I think it's just A step too far to believe that in Ukraine or the United States would have launched
0: it, right? Agreed. That's why I keep thinking that there's—I mean, there's got to be people in Russia itself with power, with many. Cap- with capability, with access that could do this. I mean, you know, how many times in history have we seen, uh, you know, att- you know, attempted assassinations of dictators or those who behave like them? I don't think it's that foreign. Um, Kader Adnan dying in an Israeli prison was that the reason that Israel's south was? hit by hundreds of rockets this week?
1: That was the excuse that was given. He, but people have to remember he was on a hunger strike for what, 80 days. It's not the first time. And in the past, they always negotiated it down. This time he refused. And it was his decision to go without food. The Israelis um, you know, offered and cajoled and tried to get him to eat. He, he opted not to. Uh, In the past, they would would hospitalize somebody and feed him intravenously and then eventually and even release some who were in uh, very dire condition. But I think in this case, you know, it was a decision he made by his actions, and that triggered uh, the response, but you see this contained response that that I think nobody wanted this escalating into a full-scale war. You didn't have... The activation of the other borders, as some people said you would, uh, some of the pundits, you know, said, "Oh, we're going to have a three-war, a three-sided response on this thing." The, the PA had its own problems handling the demonstrations in the, the areas under its control and responsibility, and the uh, but the the north remained relatively quiet um, during this period, and Hezbo- and and uh, Hamas. Um, And Palestinian Islamic Jihad, you know, uh, sort of agreed this was a 24-hour phenomenon, and both sides have been holding, and both of those parties have been holding to the ceasefire, although there are constantly violations.
0: Yeah, so the Stay Road area is relatively quiet today, um, at least by the standards of earlier in the week. Let's put it that way. Um, we we read about this uh, British spy that was executed by Iran. How how commonplace is this? I mean, are there a lot of Western spies within Iran, or this is a real exception?
1: First of all, it's not necessarily a real spy because uh, they executed him as such. I think in most of the cases they deny it that the people involved were not spies. Um, and there might be occasionally people who were. But Iran is the leading executioner in the world. They, they, I think there were more than 600 such executions last year, and this year even more. And you have a number of people who were executed for participation in the demonstrations, which are, who are... Um, he, he equate it to being spies undermining the regime and uh, working for foreign powers which is cover for the, what the regime wants to do and for a regime that claims to be religious and, and uh, fanatical in fact they, they don't value human life and do demonstrative things, hanging people from cranes and religious leaders uh, Christian religious leaders, others uh, who don't uh, follow the government exactly and it's a society that's ruled by terror. And people, many people, there are thousands in jail for the demonstrations. And we should not be, and nobody should be talking to them or dealing with them until everybody is released and they they stop the, the reign of terror. But that's, that's the basis on which they exist and the amount of resistance to the regime. You know, I, I think I mentioned that last weekend... Uh, on Friday, I think I mentioned a game, one of the games, but last weekend, across Iran, there were demonstrations at the football games.
0: Yeah, we spoke about this, right?
1: No, no, but many more this past week That since we appeared last Friday, so it was last Saturday. And during the week, public demonstrations, again, after the first, which put them on alert, so they were watching the stadium, but it didn't matter, and they were yelling, long live Israel, death to the Palestinians. They were praising Reza Shah, and the son of the Shah who visited Israel. I reported that the last time, it was because of information I got about two events. Now we know of many, many more across the country in different places. And as you know, the oil workers are on strike. Um, Ra'isi paid a visit to Khuzestan and now immediately dismissed, dismissed 50 administrators, but also threatened other and continued to send the messages um, that they're not going to tolerate any persistence of people, and and especially sensitive in the ethnic areas, which make up more than half of Iran, and, and were the subject of a letter written by some members of... Knesset, which were, was not smart, and, and they rescinded it quite quickly um, because it was a, a naive move and, at best, and stupid and worse, but dangerous, potentially, especially for the community living in Iran.
0: By the way, the Western media is painting this guy as a real spy. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if, like, as you described, I don't know if he really is or isn't, but there's, the, the articles certainly indicate that he was.
1: Yeah, but we can't. We have to be careful because somebody gets labeled as a spy in Iran, you know, the, 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 they've labeled a lot. They took the 13 Jews a couple of years ago, if you remember, in the campaign that sure. I was privileged to leave. The people didn't know, you know, they were accusing them of using sophisticated equipment. One of their wives gave him a cell phone and said, see if he knows how to use it, told the reporter. Right. and okay. And of course, they didn't. There were people simple people, many of them shoe uh, sh- clerk uh, a, a historic clerk um, and some teachers and people. So just the accusation is just a, a vehicle, a means you know to arouse public opinion to justify right. the extremist actions that they take.
0: I hear that uh, all right, two more things the The man that Turkey killed in Syria was he truly the leader of ISIS?
1: He was truly a leader of that part of ISIS. Yes, and it was uh, an important hit for them. And they they are still operating, and it's not something that gets much coverage. But they are still operating against the Kurds and others, but also against uh, ISIS. And so are the the troops, the the forces, the forces that we back, also are are um, still fighting. The ISIS still has a presence. In fact, revived in some areas. But the the hit was an important one.
0: And finally, I mean, I should have asked you this last week, but why not get to it now? And the, tr- the truth is you may need more than a few minutes to answer this question. Uh, was the Biden-Yoon joint nuclear deterrence plan an actual deterrence plan?
1: Uh, I really can't say. I've heard from... Uh, experts on both sides who say yes and who say no um, we need more than a deterrence plan but uh, I can't say whether it in fact was an effective plan I mean the, the is, one put, put into effect the
0: essential uh the essential message from the White House was if anybody starts up with you we'll be there to defend you right that was basically it at least publicly
1: that, that's uh thinker of any kind of message of this kind because so much of this is being played, not in the military field, but on in the media and on the internet and in uh, winning public opinion. And and you see all the different charm offensives uh, and the public manifestations that take place that don't have necessarily have big substance. One of the big issues that came up was Raisi's visit that supposedly Syria promised them huge wants of land in Syria where they already have big holdings and, you know, have done population replacement. So there are things that are done quietly and are going on day-to-day, changing the face of Syria, where they're bringing in Shiites to replace Sunni populations that have been uh, ousted. Uh, so he makes a declaration like that, and people then call me and say, well, what does this mean on this side? I said, I understand what's really happening on the ground on this. And the visit by the foreign minister to the border of Lebanon, you know, these are symbolic, but they also are used to send a message. Right. Sending a message that, you know, that they are bold and that they are able to, he's able to do it and threaten Israel. And they talk about Israel's weakness because of the internal uh, events that are are taking place. But it's, you know, there were on every front this week, you know, positive sides, negative sides, where you see Saudi Arabia cutting production, the countries, uh, Syria joining the move to the one away from dollarization to de-dollarization that uh, that the Iranians and others have have instituted. Um, There's just so much and you and you have to always go beneath the surface to understand what the real significance. It's not what you always see. That is what is, that is the real purpose or the significance in the long run for it.
0: I hear that. I, I, however, just back to the South Korea for a second. If if North Korea would have felt threatened at all, knowing knowing the personality of its leader, he would have made some type of public statement in reaction to that meeting. No.
1: Well, they have made public statements, but the, the, the answers you would have expected a more vocal response. Right. right. And you know, but again, you know what we play out on the peninsula there um, is is uh, we have not stopped the new, the advance of North Korea. He's, he's firing missiles. he's adding more and more ballistic missile capacity in addition to his nuclear uh, program. And you know, we have not stopped him, and does, he has so, protection from other countries in the region.
0: Does China worry about him?
1: So that, that's exactly what I was referring to. China has to worry about him. First of all, they're worried that you could have a mass migration of Koreans into into China. They worry about the, you know the potential of of a change, of a revolution, which they would not permit. I think in in North Korea. But certainly they they worry about him. Uh, you know he's mercurial, he's unpredictable, and yes. you know he God admit. He's lasted, and he is, he's been successful in in maintaining his brutal dictatorship, and in advancing his the country itself. And the people are not advancing, but advancing his goals, which is this super military capacity.
0: Pretty amazing. Um, Malcolm, thank you so much. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again next week. God willing, be well. Malcolm Honline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, with us Friday for the weekly update here at JM and the AM.